You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of Back to the Futures here on Odyssey and the BetQL Network. Find us here every Sunday night at 8 p.m. and throughout the week, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lucy Burge. My co-host, the great Brandon Sprague, is off tonight. And I am so thrilled that we are joined tonight by our friend Gabe Ramirez. Find him on Twitter at Chicago underscore Gabe. And Gabe, a lot has happened since last week, and we have to get to all of it. But first... How has your week and your weekend been? Week's been great, Lucy. You know, I always love coming on here, hanging out. I know Brandon, you know, he's just a guy that that, that loves the vacation, loves the time off. I'm bummed you didn't reference, uh, refer to me as the, as the great, like you did Brandon, though. I got to oh, be honest. The, the, the fantastic, great I should have said. The fantastic oh, okay. Gabe make, Ramirez is here. Just making <laughs> sure. Right um, well, being good. Glad to be back. Glad to be here. You know, I love making my bets, Lucy. So so let's, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, very excited for all of this. Cannot believe that football season is over. Throughout the season, I kept not counting down the weeks, but wow, we only have five more weeks, four more weeks, and now it's over. And the Super Bowl, we were talking before the show, I can't believe the Super Bowl was a week ago, but can also believe it. It feels like it was forever ago and also feels like it was just yesterday. So we also have not had a show since the Super Bowl. So we have a lot to catch up on and react to and still reacting to that Super Bowl, the Chiefs beat the Eagles 38 to 35. Of course, I had the Eagles minus one and a half, and we want to forget about that and kind of move on from that and forget about it forever. Most of my bets did not hit actually in the Super Bowl. I had Jalen Hurts over 10 and a half rush attempts. That did hit, but that, and then I had two novelty props that I officially took Gatorade color blue, did not hit, it was purple. And what was the, oh, oh the over on the anthem? Also did not hit. And at first I thought it did because for some reason, I don't know why I have such a hard time with this, but I was looking at minutes versus 125 seconds, minute 25. I got it wrong. Mm. I was like, nope, it went under actually. So uh, how did your bets in the Super Bowl do? They went, they, they actually did really well. And I'm excited to tell you about a couple of them. But so okay. I used to actually play the music for the Bears games, Lucy. And prior to every game, they would time the national anthem singer and make sure that they were under two minutes and they'd give them that five second grace period. So it's just a little tidbit that it's, it's supposed to be under, always, always supposed to be under just because, you know, that's what it's supposed to be. Sometimes people like, you know, Whitney Houston might get long winded. Uh, let's see your Jalen Hurts bets over 10. That's a good one. Eagles. I can't believe you took the I Eagles. Lucy, I know, you're, oh. I know you're East Coast girl, but this is what's been, this is what happened the last couple of years with Tom Brady, right? It's like, you could think with your heart and tell you to bet against Tom Brady, but your brain will tell you never to do that. And that's the same thing that happened with Patrick Mahomes, right? Your heart was telling you. It's the defense. It's a Cinderella story. It's Jalen Hurts. It's the coach. But your brain should have kicked in and said, 
but it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid with two weeks to, to figure out the, 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 the Eagles. And granted, it was a tough, tight game. I think, but ultimately, in these kinds of games, when it comes down to it, it, it does come down to the coach. So, needless to say, I bet so big right when the game started and the Eagles scored their first touchdown. I was just like, yeah, this is what's supposed to happen. Your first 20 plays are scripted, Lucy. You're supposed to go ahead and score. And so when the money line budged a ton, I just threw a bunch of cash on the Kansas City Chiefs. And it was a big sweat, but I made I made that one. Um, I lost money on Eagles' first drive to be a field goal. I had that one. Um, it seemed too obvious, and I, and I don't know if you bet it, Lucy, but it seemed too obvious. But Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown score, oh, and then totally. over 80. It's like, I, I just I left it alone because I was like, I don't want to be the idiot that's betting this, and then it doesn't happen. But exactly. then once it does, right, right, Lucy, you're like, this is so easy. Why didn't I bet this? So there was a handful of bets like that that I, that I lost. Didn't didn't win any squares. Didn't win any of those kinds of things. My biggest bet was just uh, the Kansas City Chiefs money line uh, right live bet when the game started. That was so smart, and it's so it's so true. Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. As soon as that did happen, I was like, yeah, should have. I mean, should have bet on it, I guess. Yeah. But like, why? But, I, I kind of I'm not bummed that I skipped out on that one, but right. it was. We made the right we, we Lucy. We've made the worst same game parlay bets all season long. We've made the worst ones, and the super easy one was. Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown, Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. Parlay that, make it. A, it's like, how did we not become millionaires off that off that same game parlay? It's so true. So the Jalen Hurts one was kind of a little bit the opposite, where I was like, that's almost too obvious. Like, I what if he? This is the game where he doesn't run it in and doesn't score a touchdown. But then he, you know, that that would have been. We would have been millionaires. We would have been millionaires, Gabe. That would have been a Facts. great parlay right there. But I mean. I I am kicking myself because this was totally a heart bet because the Eagles watched the final scene of Eight Mile and that's why they propelled through the playoffs. So I was like, of course they're going to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, no, they didn't. It didn't work. And the Patrick Mahomes factor. I actually thought his ankle was going to be more injured than it actually was. But I saw him skipping down those steps at the press conference beforehand, and I thought maybe he's hustling us. Maybe his ankle is actually really bad. But I credit to him because he – that was one of my takeaways from the Super Bowl is he is gutsier. I mean, we knew he was gutsy, but that was a tough game to play for him. So I, I have more respect for Patrick Mahomes than I did before the game. Yeah, it's funny too, right, Lucy, because we've seen performances like this, right? We've seen guys like Aaron Rodgers, not necessarily in the Super Bowl, but guys that we know are extremely talented, that when faced with adversity, they show up for the challenge – and they perform at an extremely high level. I've been watching it as a Bear fan my whole life. And I felt like Patrick Mahomes had one of those performances where you just weren't sure what you were going to get, whether it be the injury, whether it be the lack of weapons with no Tyree Kill, whether it be the defense on the other side of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles. There was that level of uncertainty there. But it was really, really cool as an NFL fan to just see Patrick Mahomes perform at that level on the, the, the biggest game, the biggest stage, the most eyes on you. And he's like, yeah, this this is what I do. I win. I find ways to win. And he did just that. Let his team down. I'm surprised. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts were about the holding call at the end. 
Oh yeah, well that I mean to to end a Super Bowl like that is stupid. And that's really stupid. And so that's that would be my takeaway because I want the Eagles to win. So I'm like, you know, if that hadn't that's oh, that's where why. it comes in. That's the, why you did that. the theory yeah. about is is the end is the NFL scripted Gabe? Is that that's that was my thought at the end. Like, oh they want Goodell wanted this to be the way the Super Bowl ends and players are now joking about it. Is oh the script, well, is it real? I. That's why I think there is not a script, not a written script, but I think the NFL has an idea at the beginning of the season how they want it to play out in their best interest. And maybe it turned out the way they wanted it to in a sense that, that there are two teams that you want to watch in the Super Bowl. And that's what happened. It's not, it's not a boring Super Bowl and they didn't want a boring Super Bowl. And that's how it turned out. It was an exciting game. So I think yeah. in that sense, maybe, but you look at things like that and you're like, maybe the refs are in on the Got script exci- there. They memorized it. It, was, it was exciting. And I think Lucy, both you and I, we love social media. So it was a fun couple of weeks when people were having fun with those scripted, uh, scripted memes and just <laughs> how people were looking at it. I thought that, that, that was pretty funny when they were, <laughs> oh man, that was a good one. Uh, but yeah, yeah good was- game nonetheless. Yeah, and they were comparing it to different leagues, and it's like, oh, so-and-so, when they get the script for Major League Baseball season, or when they get the script for the NBA (laughs) All-Star game, or something like that. It's like, and then the Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers on the podcast talking about the script. I'm sure Jason Kelsey was thrilled about that way that was written. But so the Chiefs win their second Super Bowl title in four years. Patrick Mahomes becomes only the 11th player ever, and first since Kurt Warner in 1999, to win MVP and a ring in the same season. The Chiefs were fourth on the board to win the Super Bowl at plus 1,000 going into the season, which is crazy to think about. The Eagles were plus 2,000 to win the Super Bowl and plus 1,000 to win the AFC in the preseason. So you look at how how long these odds are. The Bills, the Bills were the clear favorite. And I, I was looking at the Bills too to to win the Super Bowl, but no, they didn't even. the Chiefs look at those odds and then and were you surprised that these were the two teams in the Super Bowl. No, one of our one of our mutual friends, our co-workers here on Becky, Alex Gold, I remember having conversations with him and him telling me about, you know, the AFC West and the and the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. And I just looked at him and I said, Sir, you live in Kansas City and I'm telling you your guy's gonna be just fine. Like no one is just gonna dethrone Patrick Mahomes in that conference. And I told him that 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 uh uh, that Russell Wilson was overrated. I told him that that the Raiders might not do exactly what you think they're going to do, and it's exactly how it played out. And you still have a young guy, you know, running the offense for the for the LA Chargers. So again, I I, I didn't think it was too far fetched, right? Because like the NFL, just like any major league sport, and just like any professional sport, right? It's top heavy. If you got the best guy on the court, floor, field, you are going to be, be able to compete at a high level, and that's what we saw. So I wouldn't say it was shocking. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to put no damn money on it. But then again, Lucy, I don't like futures bets, so that's probably why I didn't do it. Well, and it sounds like you got the script from the NFL on how the season was going to yeah, play out. And Russell yeah, Wilson's yeah. overrated. Because <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. The Raiders, yeah. it's the whole thing. It's like, where, what are the Raiders now? And I think that that, yeah, that was smart because Russell Wilson is overrated. So it's. But are you concerned about the Eagles' future? And their ability to get back into the Super Bowl after losing this one, will they? Can they get back next year? Because I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the vibes are are not so strong for them when you look at the rest of the league and how how the season could play out next year. Yeah, I mean, listen, we all know there's the Super Bowl hangover is real, and I actually asked this week on my show on six seventy the score here in Chicago to the audience. We had a healthy discussion. 
do coordinators matter? And this is the exact question that I brought up, obviously with uh, both coordinators uh, hitting the road for, for Philadelphia, you kind of wonder what that looks like. One coordinator you can understand because then you could just elevate someone and have them just do an iteration of what it is that you're running offensively or defensively. But both of them, you change the culture of the team a little bit, right? I mean, these guys were there from the very beginning of the run with, with the new coaching staff. And so to, to put two people in it, I'm not saying that it's going to be impossible or it's, or it's not going to happen, but it's less likely now that you got these two coordinators in there. And let's not forget, there is some sort of a hangover, like I mentioned before, and it's going to be tough. Teams are going to be gunning for the Philadelphia Eagles a lot differently than they were for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, I felt like, just had top-tier talent, swaggy quarterback, and were out there just playing football, whereas the Eagles did it on the defensive side of the ball. And, Lucy, not only did they lose their two coordinators, but they're more than likely going to lose a handful of guys on that defense as well. So it's going to be interesting to see where you saw a couple of games with Jalen Hurts you know, didn't necessarily have mind-blowing statistics, right? Even in that game against the 49ers, uh, he did in the Super Bowl. We know that. But can you perform at that same level with defense not getting you the ball back? Defense, you know, allowing more points on the board. Can you outscore these teams? So I just think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And I, I got to be honest, I wouldn't bet them uh, to win the NFC next year. How about, how about you? Do you think they can? No, I'm right there with you, Gabe, because the argument for offensive coordinators make, making a difference and changing the whole culture of a team and the feeling and the the whole feeling of the team can be seen with the Patriots, with Matt Patricia. And if, if there was a coach in that position that was more equipped to do the job, Mac Jones probably would have had a better season. The attitude of the team would have been different. Players wouldn't be going to the Boston Herald and complaining about Bill Belichick and the whole system behind what the what the team was doing. So I think for the Eagles, any change that is made could disrupt all of the chemistry they created this season that got them to the Super Bowl, which is why I also would not touch them next season. And with Jalen Hurts, this is a good point because throughout the season, I didn't really, he was never really on my radar in terms of like impressive quarterback. I mean, he was, he was great, but he wasn't something that I didn't look closely at what he was doing really. And then they get to the Super Bowl and you're like, oh yeah, that's a, they're a good team. For some reason, they were never really on my radar. So they don't really, they don't, they're not grabbing me for next year so much. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing fantasy football, Jalen Hurts is definitely up there along with guys like AJ Brown, but you know, you don't take Miles Sanders and Devontae Smith, although he can be good in spurts. And let's be very clear. I'm not trying to hate on the Eagles. They had a really good team. You got to tip your cap to them. They, they dominated the NFC all year long. But I think to your point, Lucy, I just think people, it, they weren't on people's radars the same way. But it's going to be tough. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's very easy to win your division and your conference when you don't have the X on your back. It's going to be tough to do it again next year when people know that they can take you out. Exactly. And you look at maybe where Aaron Rodgers is going, if he doesn't retire, could he play for a team that he actually wants to play for, is happy playing for, and be better than the Packers were this season with a new team? So you've got, you know, you don't know what the landscape's going to be. No Tom Brady. So the landscape changes. And that's why the Eagles are, are kind of lower on the list for me. That The Eagles Twitter account did tweet out today, hungrier than ever, starving for more. So it's kind of hammering in. We are still here. We're still all the fans. Just so you know, we are still here and we are going to vie for another Super Bowl next year. But I don't know if they can win it. And they did lose it this season. So I don't know. When you look at the other teams, 
in the league, it's it's tough to think that they the, can the Eagles do it again. The fatigue is a great point with that. So I I would be very hesitant at this point to bet on the Eagles to win the division or the Super Bowl next season. I It would be a, a tough one for me for their odds. But coming up, we are going to look at their odds to win the Super Bowl next season, along with the odds for all the other teams in the NFL. Do a little bit more uh, recap of the Super Bowl and some other things, much more. All of that and more coming up right here on Back to the Futures. Gabe Ramirez alongside Lucy Burge. Don't go. Grab your flux capacitor and let's go back to the futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to Back to the Futures here on Odyssey and the BetQL Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts anytime throughout each week. Lucy Burge here alongside Gabe Ramirez. And with the Super Bowl done and dusted, we just kind of put a bow on the past football season last segment and I want to look ahead to next season but first Gabe I realized this weekend and throughout last week as with every year with the end of football the NBA all-star weekend happening now it feels like there's something missing when seasons end when it comes to what to watch on TV and how to fill the gap of when you'd be watching football or when you'd be watching highlights or recaps or anything like that and last night I don't know why but I, yesterday and last night, started watching wrestling. WWE was on. It was on Peacock. And I, I watched. It was Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. And apparently it was a big deal that they were. I never watched WWE before, really. That they were fighting each other. And I got really into it. And I, I, I think it was, psychologically looking at this, that I, I was missing that head-to-head competition. And with hmm. really no basketball, no football, I needed something to, to fill that, that void. Yeah. So I watched wrestling. And it was, it was, I had a time watching this because this was fierce competition with the setup and the villain versus this and that. Is, first of all, do you watch any wrestling? And also, Zero. do you get this same... Okay, do you get this same filling, this void? I also basically watch no wrestling. That was the only thing I've watched. But this, like, finding what to watch when a season ends, or do you just kind of watch what you generally watch in regular yeah, time? I, I think first we got we to gotta shout out Roman Reigns because he is dreamy. And if he popped up on my screen, oh. Lucy, I, I'd probably watch for like five minutes just to marvel at it. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, don't think that wasn't the reason I was now. watching, Gabe. <laughs> I mean, Roman Reigns is a very attractive man. <laughs> I figured, I figured. Uh, my dad bought me some motivation, so that probably would have been it for me all uh, right there. But you're right. There absolutely is a void. I mean, but it, it sucks because you it's such a you realize how short the NFL season is compared to other sports, right? Where the NF, where NBA goes now from, you know, October to June. That's eight months. That's, That's crazy. a ton of time. Talking about baseball from March to October, seven, eight months right there. And then when you're talking about the NFL, if you're lucky, if you are one of those lucky teams, you go to February, but you start in September and that's just not enough football for me. And I think that's what gets magnified in those moments when the season ends, when you really realize like, damn, I can talk about the draft. That's cool because I'm in Chicago, but 31 other teams can't because it sucks and they got to wait till August till people, till teams start having some sort of preseason going on. So that, that part does suck. In, in terms of what I do, it's kind of like spring cleaning, Lucy. It's like, you know, 
all the crap I couldn't get to during the NFL season, you know, fixing a light bulb here, maybe, you know, fixing the back door or, 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 or cleaning up the backyard, taking down the Christmas lights in the front of the house. Those are the things that I'm tasked with now that the football season is over. And then I just kind of wait for NBA to pick up because I am a big NBA fan. But yeah, during those like this right now, oh my God, I just did a staycation, Lucy. I just oh, you I, did? I got a hotel. Yeah, I got a hotel here. I just got back this morning because um, there was nothing to do. So we wanted to take the kids to the to the pool. So that's what I'm stuck. I, I, I'm left with watching a hundred seven year olds play in the water <laughs> instead of watching some football on a Friday. So it's death for me. Death right now. Yeah, that that fills that void, I guess, because it keeps you busy and you get to go to the pool. That's fun because now that's the kind of thing, too, is like now on a Sunday afternoon, you can just run errands and you're not thinking, oh, it's one yeah. o'clock. What what game is on now? What am I missing? It's like just it's like jumping off a cliff a little bit is like, wow, I feel like free a little bit because yeah. there's no game on right now. This is it's bizarre. It's a little bizarre, but it's things like, oh, now I'm just going to like read a book and do the crossword puzzle and do things like yeah. that and like run errands and it's all this I'm going to pretend time. that I it's care like... about March Madness basketball and things like that. Totally. Yeah, pretend. <laughs> things yeah. like that. Pretending <laughs> I care about wrestling. It's do the Sudoku a little bit. Try and pick up some cooking uh, hobbies and things like that. And it's, it's just, a, and the fact that it ends right as NBA All-Star weekend is approaching and there are no games for a few days there's a little it emphasizes the void quite a bit there so i think that it's a little bit of a an adjustment period but especially with baseball starting i love baseball can't wait for that so there's there's an adjustment period but we will all get through it in many fun ways so to get through it we have the opportunity to look ahead to next year's Super Bowl odds because those are out and they are always out right away because we love this and it is uh, it's right out right away so we got the Chiefs as favorites to win the Super Bowl next be. season yes as they should be plus 600 the Bengals right behind them plus 850 and then rounding out the top 5 all at plus 900, Bills, Eagles, 49ers. When I look at this, I I would look at either the Chiefs or the Bengals, and I'm looking at the Bengals because they have, if I, if I got to take a top five team here, the Bengals would maybe be what I would put more money on right now, if not maybe the Chiefs, but the Bengals have kind of proven that they can stick around. They're not a fluke team of two seasons ago because this season – they they went the distance. So I would look at the Bengals here if I'm looking at the what, – what do you think when you look at these odds for the top five teams? Yeah, I mean, first, Lucy, right, it's hard not – it's hard to bet against the Chiefs, right? They just won the Super Bowl with this team, right? I mean, if I were to tell you that Isaiah Pacheco would be their starting running back in the Super Bowl, you'd probably be like, eh. If I were to tell you that, you know – you know, Juju Smith-Schuster would be in a, a drama-filled guy, and Jerry McKinnon would be in Scott Moore. Like, you'd be like, that's not a Super Bowl team. So it's hard to bet against them because, you know, like, if you see the mock drafts, what are what is out there? That, like, guys like – a guy like Bijan Robinson is going to go to the Chiefs, the Eagles, or the Bills, right? Like, a team that doesn't need a superstar in that first round. But all three of those teams could use a superstar running back. So I'm trying to put myself – I'm trying to put myself in a position where – they end up grabbing somebody like that. So it's hard to bet against them. When it comes to the Bengals, I got to be honest with you. I do feel as though they are on a decline, right? I think, you know, they made okay. it to the Super Bowl. They missed the Super Bowl. And I think now that they have to pay some of their talented offensive juggernaut type guys, 
I mean, listen, uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I think they're both going to stay on the team. They got to give him a ton of money. Boyd, gone. Are they going to be able to draft somebody that can step into that spot? Sure. Joe Mixon, I mean, he was almost like a running back by committee kind of a guy. He wasn't like a standout a person in that sense. So that one kind of – so I don't know. It bangles for me. I don't know what it is about them. And I do love Joe Burrow. Joey, Swag Burrow is my guy. Like, I love people like that in general that are extremely yeah. confident. But he doesn't sit well with me there. And then the Bills, I think if there was a team that were that was to get over the Mahomes hump, like, it would have to be the Bills. Like They still have that sour taste in, that, in their mouths. They're the ones that still have that fire and that passion that need that you need in order to propel you to that Super Bowl victory. And then the Eagles, you know, we had we had a, an at length conversation about them. I don't even think they'll come out of the NFC next year. Could be completely wrong, but that's just my take on that. So I would say either the Chiefs or the Bills would be like my two standout locks uh, for the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, that's a good right? point about, about, the about the Bears, Lucy. And let's talk about the Bears. Well, okay, Are the Bears I was there? going to ask you about. I was going to ask you about your Bears, Zach, Gabe, because it was called Zach Gabe, because their odds are, let me find them on this list. Where are plus they? 4, on the, I, where, they're, plus they're not 4, on the list, Lucy. They're, they're just down the there with the, with the plus 4,000 people. Yeah, yeah, They're not on the I, list. What do you think about that? You seem shocked. And you seem shocked. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted that they're not on the list. So, Gabe, what do you think about your Bears next season in general and about them, their odds being so long for this yeah I think I think if you're a smart Bears fan you understand that the Bears are a couple of years away from competing at a very high level right and a lot of that is dependent upon their quarterback Justin Fields and you know I understand the notion and then the argument to not trade Justin Fields I get it right trade out of the one get yourself some draft capital build your team that has a lot of holes in it but I'm also not foolish to not have a certain percentage of me that is fearful of making the wrong choice in keeping Justin Fields, right? He's done nothing, nothing, zero, um, from a quarterback with an arms perspective to show you that he can be that elite quarterback. Obviously, he's done it with his legs. And, you know, the big argument in Chicago is, well, get him a wide receiver, get him an offensive lineman, and he'll be able to perform at a high level. And my rebuttal to that is always the same, Lucy. What is the ceiling or what is the floor then at that point, right? Like, if you do get a wide receiver and you do get a, a, a decent offensive line, like, are you now Justin Herbert? Or, you know, are you some middle-of-the-road quarterback still? And I think that's the part that bothers me. So I don't want to get rid of Justin Fields because I'd have major FOMO if he went and, like, you know, killed it in Carolina or something like that. But mm-hmm. so I'd rather keep him and build around him. You know, but Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's just some good stories. Guys that can't be as good as Justin Fields. And so, I mean, again, I think they're a couple of years away. I think they need this offseason. They need to spend their money with all the cap space that they have. They just cut al Qadim Muhammad to get another $3 million, trying to get their way as close as possible to $100 million. So they're going to be able to, to make big moves to make themselves competitive. Uh, will they be competitive in the, in the realm of the Super Bowl? I think that'll take another offseason, another draft, another uh, level of free agency to try to figure out, you know, what they really can do. What's going on in this chat? Yeah. A lot of stuff going on in the chat about the Bears. Not any hate for the Bears, but another team not on this list, the New England Patriots, which is 
just startling to th- in in general when you think about the Patriots because if you thought about the Patriots years ago of course they were a different team but would you think a couple years later they wouldn't be in even the top odds to win the Super Bowl and when I look at the Chiefs as the next potentially the next dynasty they could become the first team since the 0304 Patriots to repeat as Super Bowl champions having won the number of Super Bowls they have won the past four years two in the past four years the the Patriots are kind of they're just a mid team right now. If that they're they're kind of a lower rung team right now, and I don't know if they can. It'll be a few years, just like with the Bears. It'll be a few years before they could potentially yeah. get back to a Super Bowl or even the playoffs. For God's sakes, like this, Bill Belichick led teams are no longer guaranteed playoff teams it is no longer in bill we trust because you look at the game against the bills two years ago i just remember thinking over and over again how is belichick letting this happen and that was the first moment <laughs> where you realize this is not that these are not the patriots we're not in kansas anymore yeah. patriots because this is not the patriots we knew so like the bears i think it will be a few more years before the patriots get there i don't I don't know if Mac Jones is the quarterback of the future, but I think they are going to try to fit him in as the quarterback of the future with Bill O'Brien. But so Zach mentioned this a week or two ago uh, before one of the shows. Could Aaron Rodgers end up with the Patriots? And if that happens, I would then expect the Patriots odds to get better. I would expect them to contend for a Super Bowl. That would change everything and disrupt the Chiefs on their their journey to becoming some kind of dynasty, because I think that would be huge competition for the Chiefs there. I got so much stuff to say right there, <laughs> Lucy. First, first and foremost, I almost, if I have water, I'm going to spit it out when you said, when you said Aaron Rodgers to the, to the Patriots, because I was like, damn, that's a possibility. We know if that happens, that Belichick remember that Zach said it. Yeah. Hey, listen, we know Belichick doesn't value draft picks the way that the rest of the NFL does. He's constantly trading down, getting other picks, feeling like he can find a gem somewhere else. And so I could see them giving up draft capital to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. The problem is it'd be the same situation. It's not like they have, you know, the weapons and the talent to disrupt a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. You'd have a really good quarterback, but then what? Who's he throwing the ball to, right? Um, When it comes to the Mac Jones thing, I think a lot of people were eating that mac and cheese, just like I was drinking my Trubisky whiskey, where you kind of just, you know, feel the guy a little bit too much because he's part of your organization. And let's not forget, The Patriots had a had a fairly easy schedule the year that Mac Jones, you know, did very well. And and Bailey Zappi, I think, is just more fit for the the newer NFL. It's just a matter of whether he can get his interceptions under control, kind of like any Kenny Pickett did uh, towards the latter half of the season. So yeah, I I, I mean, I, I think they're further away than the Bears are. At least the Bears have Justin Fields and draft capital and money. And I think the Patriots really need to do something drastic in order to get themselves back in that conversation. So I agree with you on two things there, that they are further away than the Bears, but also Bailey Zappi, because I loved Bailey Zappi when they put him in. And first of all, the Zappi chance, Mac Jones was not happy with that. And he, not that he requested a trade, but he spoke with his agents as the scuttlebutt I heard about him getting booed because he did not like getting booed and he did not want to be in a position where Bailey Zappi could come in and take his job. But Bailey Zappi, has this way about him that I feel is more, he's got swag. He's got total swag. And I think when you look at the future of the Patriots, Bailey Zappi fits in there. But I, 
the argument can be made that Mac Jones is a better quarterback, I guess. But when you look at Bailey Zappi, he's fun to watch play. And Mac Jones sometimes has yeah. a, a, he has an edge to him too. And I do like that too. But you look at Bailey Zappi and it's, it's fun. He's like, he's, he's got a, he's got a swag. He's got a confidence. He's a fun guy coming up on back to the futures. We have swag. We have fun. We are going to look ahead to many things, including NBA all-star weekend, a little bit of tiger woods bets for the NBA all-star game, which is finally happening after all of the festivities of this weekend, all of that and more coming up right here on back to the futures. Stay tuned. Capacitor and let's go back to the futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. We are back here on Back to the Futures. Excuse me, final segment of the evening. Lucy Burge alongside Gabe Ramirez and Gabe. NBA All-Star Weekend is here. We saw the celebrity game, the dunk contest, the three-point contest, and now we have finally... The NBA All-Star Game tonight, Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. But we saw some actually some pretty cool stuff in the competitions yesterday. Did you bet on the dunk contest, the three-point contest, Mac McClung, anything that had to do with any of these festivities? I'm so sick to my stomach, Lucy. One of my good friends was like, <laughs> he put up a, a, a bet in our group chat, and it was Dame Lillard, Mac McClung, parlayed to win both of their respective competitions. And it was like plus 850. And I looked at oh it and I was just like, one of those guys is not going to win. Like, Mac McClung, he's a joke. He's probably going to miss some of his dunks. So he's probably going <laughs> to lose. I was like, and Dame Lillard, like, how, how, how often does the best shooter win, win these things, right? So I was like, oh, no, I left it. And then sure enough, my friend ends up winning like a grand because he bet 50 bucks on Dame to win by himself. And then he put oh money God. on McClung to win by a solo bet. And then he parlayed it. So I was pretty disgusted that I didn't make those bets because it seemed like everywhere you went on Twitter, people were telling you, like, he was going, Mac McClellan was going to win the dunk contest. But yeah. it's just like you watch these dunk contests, and if you miss a dunk, like, your score goes down automatically. And I just, the level of difficulty that he puts into his dunks, you just, my eyes, I assume that, but that's why I'm an idiot. That's why I'm broke because I don't, I don't, I don't just trust my gut in these situations, Lucy. <laughs> No, but I can see why maybe you would think he's a joke. But going into this, I was so in on Matt McClung. And I watched I, Friday. I watched his top 10 dunk highlights. I was watching all these things about him. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. He was at plus 125 to win it on Friday when I got in on his odds. And then he was at minus something by the time it started. He was the... Minus 120, he was the heavy favorite by then, and he showed up. This guy was all – he. this is what sealed the deal for me, too, on taking his odds to win this. He said before the dunk contest that he had two new dunks to reveal – during hmm. the contest and I was like all right this guy has been preparing for this so he in the past few days in the past week or so he moved from the G League to the Sixers signed by Puma and then won the slam dunk contest that is a week and a half right there for this guy this is his time to shine and it was almost like he dunking is clearly his thing he showed up at the right time because Giannis's face when he was dunking, was out of this world. He could not believe this. 
And that's why this is the first year in a long time I have been interested in the All-Star Weekend because of Matt McClung, because I feel like, does is he bringing back the dunk contest? Is he making this stuff exciting and, dare I say, relevant again? No. The answer is no. There's no way that this becomes relevant. I mean, listen, the, the amount of hoops they had to jump through in order to make it relevant again and, and, and exciting was go get a G-leaguer and force an NBA team to give him a 10-day contract so he didn't have to wear a G-league jersey and he was able to wear the Philadelphia. Let's not forget, Matt McClung was a member of the Chicago Bulls for a very brief time. So I had an opportunity oh. to see him up close and personal. And, you know, I mean, he's a smaller guard. He's not, it's not like he can shoot lights out. That's what you really need. From a guy like 6'2", he can't necessarily run the point. He's just an athletic, you know, guard that, you know, probably be good as like a 10th, 11th guy on your bench to come spell your backup point guard for a little bit. And then I'll shade at the guy, right? It just, when you're looking at the story, you're just like, this is so odd. You have some of the best, all you hear about with the LeBron arguments, whether he's the GOAT, the, oh, this is the most athletic NBA has ever been in the history of the NBA. Are you telling me that none of those guys in the NBA – can compete in the dunk contest, you got to go get the 6'2 white boy from the G League to go dominate? Like, come on. This, this this is not reinventing anything. It's a gimmick. You're happy he did it. You know, you got some exciting dunks out of it. Uh, but, man, th- I hope that actual NBA players get in this thing. That's what we really want to see John Morant. We really want to see Zach Levine again. We want to see, like, Zion Williamson. Those are the guys you want to see. You know, who cares if they do dunks that have been done before? But you want to see the best guys. The most athletic guys compete, not Mac McClung. Sorry, no shade. Well, this is kind of also like what Stephen A. Smith said last year about the three-point contest and the dunk contest. A global atrocity is what he called it. And, I mean, you look at these things, and it's tough to argue that maybe it's a spectacle in the end, and it's it's less about it's about talent, but is it about showcasing your best players? I mean, there's there's a debate to be had there because they bring up this guy to just get ratings. What they want is ratings to make more money in the end there. But the other thing, there was a report that uh, Adam Silver was making the all-star captains, Giannis and LeBron, pick the reserve players first to avoid a last pick situation. So the report on this said, the NBA is looking to avoid a last pick situation in the NBA all-star draft this year NBA All-Star captains will now pick reserve players first, then we'll pick the starters right after. It feels yeah. like I don't you're in the NBA already. Are you really are you really that sensitive about oh am I going to be picked last in gym class? It seems That's like it's point. a, a I mean, true true for everybody kind of situation. Yeah. Just pick the players you want on your team. It should I mean, not listen, be you have to pick the guy. You're absolutely right. You're in the NBA. It's not like you're it's not like we're on the the, the playground in, in eighth grade picking you right. know from the bottom of the bottom right like you actually have guys that are playing at an extremely high level i know jaron jackson jr was the last guy or the last reserve player that was selected and i get it you know what i'm saying like you don't want to feel salty that you're the last guy picked people might look at you a certain way i get that but the reality is if you are going to implement this format the one where the stars get to pick their team then guess what being the last person picked needs to be a part of that as well like Someone needs to rock a dunce cap, something like make it funny. Like if that's, if you don't want to deal with that, then just assign people to a team, right? If you're going to make them pick, that is part of picking teams. And then like back to your original point, it's the NBA all-star game. It's not like you're yeah. picking guys like from a rule five draft or like a, an expansion draft. This is the NBA. You were good enough. You are the best players in the league. 
and you'll just happen to be splitting, being split on two separate teams. Yeah, if you can, pl- if you can say I play in the NBA, your confidence has already got to be pretty high. So it, you're you're already there. What's the big deal? That doesn't. I don't like this. I think Adam Silver should rethink this, and maybe he will for next year. And and hopefully, I think he does. you know what I did like, Lucy. You know what I did like. I I liked how the Rising Stars game was set up, where it was four different teams, and then they had to face you know e- each other first, and then the winners went on. To, like I think that's how the NBA All Star game should be played. Well, there's like yeah. two smaller games because what happens a lot of the times too, right? A lot of guys don't play enough. So if you were to – now that's a way to do it, right? Like who cares who's picked last in that format? You got four teams that are really, really good, and I like that. I think they should stick with that yeah. one. That would be, that'd be, that'd create some parity there. Yeah, does Adam Silver have a Twitter, at Adam Silver? Here's, here's an idea for you yeah. <laughs> from game. Yeah, so the, Zach brought this up in the chat that I actually thought of this when you said Duggan's cap. This is funny because Brock Purdy, he was Mr. Irrelevant. The term Mr. Irrelevant is used, and he has the confidence in, that anyone would dream of. So I think this is something where you can't let it phase you. Last picked in the NBA All-Star game is not going to be your official title yeah. forever. It, it, Zach said he made it to the NFC title game. Like, use it as fuel. Come on. Why don't you? Woo-hoo. I mean, this is stuff. Woo-hoo. I'm making yeah. millions of dollars, and I got picked last. I don't think that's really important. But NBA, Brock Purdy, man, what a story! Game. Love, love, <clears throat> love hearing and seeing what he did. Do you think? Do you think that he'll be the day one starter for the Niners next year? I see. Story wise, I hope so. I think that would be a a great story for Mister Irrelevant to then be named the starter for the 49ers. but. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like Trey Lance is going to be the guy, I would think, at this point. But, I mean, I, I think story-wise, that would be a great narrative, and I, I would like that to happen, yeah. Yeah, I think I see, a, I see like a, them trading Trey Lance for some draft picks and then okay. taking those draft picks and parlaying those draft picks into an Aaron Rodgers. Oh, so, okay, you think Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers. I'm just saying, like, where, you know, what, what is it, you know, where is Aaron Rodgers really going to go? I like, well, I truly am interested in where he goes. And I know you said the Patriots, but it's going to be, you're right. It's going to be one of those teams. They, one you're not expecting, you, you like, cause the obvious one is the Raiders or, you know, the Colts or something like that. But it's not going to happen. It's going to be some, like, ridiculously, ridiculous team out of left field, like the Titans. Or, or, or like you mentioned, the Patriots. Somebody's going to give a, a King's ransom for an Aaron Rodgers. Well, it kind of feels like right now we're waiting on Groundhog Day or when they choose the Pope and the smoke comes out because we're waiting for Aaron Rodgers, his darkness retreat to reveal where he's going. And we're waiting for him to come out of the darkness. And then we can really view the landscape of what the NFL will be and the rest of the quarterback carousel. The way I see it, it hinges on where Aaron Rodgers goes because once that piece of the puzzle is fit, then the rest of everything falls into place. So once he emerges from, first of all, these darkness retreats, look them up, and they are expensive for basically nothing. You can make bank setting up a darkness retreat and having people go there because you don't have to pay for electricity. The food is basic. The upkeep is minimal, and you can charge five grand for this. And people have I got a dark closet. I got a dark closet. I got a dark closet in my attic. I could rent it out for a hundred bucks right now. Anybody wants to just chill for a little bit. I got a couple uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I can give you. 
Like, you know what I mean? You don't need to spend five grand. I, I got you way cheaper. And I could just, I'll just whisper, I'll, I'll be whispering in the room so Aaron thinks this is conscious. And I'll be like, just retire. Just retire. That's what, that's what, yeah. that's what we have. If one mind. side saying Patriots, Jets, Raiders from all angles, and then he'll be so confused because this, th- mm. this kind of thing, too, it says, it says you can leave anytime you want. You could do that in your closet. It's not like someone's keeping you there. Yeah. And that's the whole point is that you can, you don't have to, you don't battle with your like, okay, I can leave. You can leave anytime you want and you still have to, it's just, I feel like that is where the rest of the NFL will go. Once Aaron Rodgers decides, he sees maybe the Jets logo in the darkness. And he's like, that's where I'm going. Gotham city is yeah. dark. I think conspiracy dark. He's going to the Jets because darkness, all of that very quick. John Ron Rom won the Genesis uh, invitational. Tiger Woods did not win. And I had no issue with that tampon thing. I'm just going to say I had no issue with that. It was a joke. I know people did, but that is just what it is. He apologized. It's all, all good. I think we can move past that. Gabe, thank you so much for joining us tonight here on Back to the Future. Thank you. Thank you very much. We will talk to you soon. We will talk to all of you soon right here on Back to the Future is next week.